Hey everyone, welcome back to The Dev Show. Uh, I'm extremely excited to bring you an interview with somebody that you may recognize. They made a tender offer we can't ignore. Why wasn't I told? The last thing they want is a power struggle with entrenched management. Yeah, that's him in Spider-Man 1 alongside Norman Osborn. I'm going to be interviewing Jack Betts, also known as Hunt Powers. Without further ado, Jack Betts. First of all, how have has things been during this time for you? Everybody has kind of their own story, but how, how has it unfolded for you? Well, I, I think, which has also been my philosophy of life, Kevin, is that creativity is my lifeline. And as long as I have that going for me, I can be anywhere in the world. And it can be any situation, as long as I have that. Because all my life I've been able to either sing, act, or write. And I've done all of them all over the world. And the thing that I'm working on now during this particular period is um, a screenplay of one of the plays that I have uh, produced. I've produced, uh, not produced, but I've done five of my plays have been done here in Hollywood. I had a different title for it when I had the play. It was called It Goes Like This. But now I've changed the title to The Two of Me. And uh, what I'm, my point being is that that's keeping me going and active. Doing, I've, I've done the play, now I'm doing rewrites on it. And I'm also working on my autobiography, that's on the side. And uh, so that keeps me busy as much as possible. Time has, has changed the business of acting, and when you were younger, there was no internet, uh, video editions. Uh, what, was it, what was it like trying, getting around from gig to gig back then? I was raised primarily in New York. I, mean, I, was, I was raised in Miami, Florida, so I was about 10 years old. Uh, and then I graduated university in Miami, and then I went to New York. And that was 1955-56. And what actors did then at that particular time was make what they call make the rounds. And you would have your photograph. And as a matter of fact, I have one here, a photograph of me, you know. I bring this photograph with my resume all typed on the back. And you would go to every stage manager, every casting director, every agent, and go there every day and say, you know, I'm signing. Could I possibly see the the agent? And they would usually always say, No, I'm sorry, the terrible. We can't see anybody. Soon. But you do that every day: rain, sleet, snow, whatever. As long as you're making the rounds, as they used to call them, and that's how everything was done then. And you get your auditions that way. And they had what, uh, which was and I worked with part time doing it answering services and it was called one of the major ones was called the, the Hayes registry so in other words when i left my picture there i left that Hayes registry telephone number so they could call there anytime morning noon or night and give me an audition and i would every night i would check in with the Hayes registry and say are there any calls for me that's what all the actors had we didn't have this television and, and, and cell phone communication, you know, it was all, yeah. done, it was all done vis-a-vis, face-to-face. Right, it's a lot more work than it would be and even making Even the theaters, you go around to the theater and leave your picture with the stage manager. That's how I happened to end up finally doing Dracula on Broadway. It took me almost a year to do it, 
but yeah. I'm determined when I, when I went to the show open, I went to see it. And the moment that Frank Langella walked out on stage and said, good evening, <laughs> that's Dracula. I said to myself, I'm going to play that part someday. And it took me one year to get an audition, but I got one. And eventually yeah. I, I got to do it on Broadway stand, to stand by for Frank. But that's, that's awesome. my, my point being, Devin, is that we didn't have any cell phones or any uh, computers to work with. You had to be, you had to do it on, on foot. Yeah. If, if you wanted your, your picture to get around and people to know you're in town or you're an actor, you had to go to the offices, you know. It was yeah. difficult. It was difficult, but that was, that, was, that was a way of life. Absolutely, for sure. You are very widely known for spaghetti westerns, yes. as I have researched and I've watched a few um, and so for those watching because my demographic is a little bit younger would you be able to kind of talk on the differences between a spaghetti western and just a, a regular western yes as a matter of fact that that turned out to be through my agent here Paul Conner uh, the director came in town and he told my agent he said I've been in New York for three weeks looking for somebody to star in three of my my western films and my agent by that time had shown him some of my television work and everything and i met this franco giraldi who was the director and we got along wonderfully he liked my work and he said can you be in chinachisa in three weeks and he said do you ride the horse and i said oh yes i've never been on a horse in my life oh really said, no he said, and do you shoot the gun? I said, yes, as a matter of fact, Franco, last week, I, uh, I won a first prize in the sharpshooting contest. I've never had a gun in the hand in my life, ever, ever. He said, oh, I've been like I like your work, I like your television. Can you be in Shinnerty's time in three weeks? And I said, you bet I can. And that was that, shook hands. Then the first thing I said to myself, I've got to get to my friend who worked at John Wayne's ranch. I went to him and I said, you've got to teach me how to ride a goddamn horse and how to shoot a gun. I'm going to be in Italy three weeks starring in this film. And that's how I, that's how I did. I, for almost, uh, almost a month, I really learned how to hold a gun and shoot a gun and how to ride a horse. And um, also my, my public relations lady at that time said, she said, you can't go to Italy with the name of Jack Betts. She's, I said, why? She said, they'll call you Giacomo Betts. And she said, we've got to find a better name for her. So she looked in the past history of my family, and on one side she found Powers, and the other found, side she found Huntington. So she put them together and made it Hunt Powers. And wow. that's, I became known as Hunt Powers, and I did, I went to Italy as Hunt Powers. And um, the thing, the difference that you asked me about is that the there were no unions over there in that sense you know and the stuntmen they weren't stuntmen they were just italians who wanted to be actors and they would do anything if the director said okay fall down these stairs three times okay jump off this cliff they just do it they didn't question anything they just did it their passion mainly which is one of the things about the italian people is that uh they live for this moment. The most important thing in Italy is what you and I are doing. I may forget who the hell you are after you're gone or whatever I did, but this moment is mm -hmm. the most important moment. 
So when you have lunch with them or dinner with them or whatever, they put their entire being and personality into whatever they're doing. And that's what all those guys did. A lot of them didn't know anything about acting, but they got the script and they read it and so and they were wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Because they were so willing to just jump in yeah. and get wet and find out how it goes. So in that sense there was no um being as cautious as probably they are here in America with the unions and so forth, you know. But over there, didn't make any difference, except there was a couple of times when the director, Franco Gidalli, said to me, he said, Hunt, he said, no, I want you to walk, uh, to ride the horse along the edge of this, this cliff here. And I said, Franco, I have to tell you something. Uh, in America, we have something called stunt people. <laughs> and I said, the stuntmen do that kind of work. And I got to tell you, I can't do that. That I won't do. Because I said, if I fall off, you've lost the star of your film. And that's it, you know. And uh, no, he was very, very nice about it. So anything that was really dangerous in that sense, you know, uh, uh, I just didn't do. Although, I mean, I, I did some pretty damn risky stuff, I must say. I really did. Yeah. One particular scene that I did, I loved the fight scene. I was crazy about the fight scene. And I knew nothing about it nothing about fighting or anything like that but i just i got to italy and i just did it the guy would walk in the door and i'd take him and i'd punch him with the mouth and i'd punch this one and mm -hmm. you know fight, fight like crazy absolutely fight like crazy and one time at one particular scene we were shooting at like you know two o'clock in the morning and i said frank I'm a, I'm a little bit tired can we maybe put this fight scene he said we have to finish this tonight hunt so i said okay so it took place in a bakery I open the door, pull this guy into the bakery, and punch the hell out of him. I mean, I really, we have a hell of a fight going. And I end up and I take and I put his face into a vat of dough, a huge vat of dough. And when we did all that, we put, and I put his face in the dough, and as I lifted up, and it, there was blood coming out of his out of his face. Oh, wow. So I said, oh, my God. I said, we've got to get to a hospital. We got to a hospital immediately, and showed him that I had, I had uh, broken his nose. Oh. And I'm standing in the hospital with the doctor, and the doctor said, uh, uh, "said you know, your, your wrist is rather swollen. I said, no, I'm, I'm fine. What about him? What about him? He said, well, it's not broken. It's really a sprain. But he said, you, uh, let me look at that hand. Turned out that I had broken one of my fingers. Oh, wow. And they had to put me in a cast, you know. And the next day, in, he was shooting this in Almeria, Spain. The next day, the Spanish paper came out and says American actor knocks out the champion kickboxer of Spain. Oh. This guy was the champion kickboxer of Spain. And he was just doing this working as acting just, uh, you know, because he, he wanted to do it. And he was a friend yeah. of the director. So the director said, oh, yeah, I got a fight scene. You come and do this fight scene with this American actor. You'll like him. And that's what happened. But anyway, I had to do, you know, a lot of scenes after that with my the cast and uh, my hand on the cast and everything and pretend you know that it was all right yeah but uh that was uh, that thing that really happened that that came out in the, in the paper in madrid the next morning i mean it was really american actor. interesting I, I, oh my god it was crazy it seems like yeah. it's all in if you if you want to be in a spaghetti western eh or go home go big or go home oh yeah you know there's no i mean there's in that sense there's no union you know, to say you've got to stop at four o'clock or three o'clock, yeah. you know, 
but they were always very considerate. Actors are all, all of the, all of them, and there were some wonderful professional actors as they hired. They were all very, very good and very professional and great That's fun right. to work with. I had a ball. I mean, I went there for three pictures and I ended up doing 20, 20 films. Wow. I stayed there for six and a half years. That's, that's, that's like a, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> that's in my biography. Well, I can't wait to read it. Oh, well, I got a lot more to there yet. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to ask, are you a fan of today's cinema? I miss the movies where I could just talk for like I'm talking to you now. You're a person, you're a character. I become involved, I care about you. I mean, all the films, you know, that Meryl Streep does, she never does a film that, and that a character, there's a definite character there, you know, and you care about them. And uh, you have to care about the actors and you don't care about the people. I mean, I've done two Batman movies and everything and, and they don't, you don't really care about Batman. I mean, you care about him flying through the air and all that, but it's the, the intimacy, we've lost the intimacy. I think. Right. And I miss that a lot. You know, I mean, also years ago, I mean, uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and those actors were doing wonderful films where they played wonderful characters. Uh, and even Tom Cruise, you know, the Fourth of July is like one of my favorite movies of his, you know, he's a damn good actor. But you don't get a chance to show that today because everybody wants everything splashed in their face. For sure. It's, yeah. a, it's a shame. It really is. It's too bad. Because it begins to be, feel like it's all very superficial. Yeah. You know? Whereas before you'd go to see a movie and you'd come out of that movie and you'd start thinking about what that movie was trying to say. And like my film, you know, the two of me is a film that you can say in one word. What is the film about? It's called Self Acceptance. That's what my film is about, being able yeah. to accept yourself. So in other words, there's something in the film that's it's saying something. It's not just doing, you know, cinematography. Right. Well, that was, good. That was a better answer I could ever give. I mean, I, I kind of like, I can see where you're coming from in the sense that the messages aren't as clear anymore. And the, and for some movies, it's like there's no message at all. No, just for entertainment no, purposes. No, absolutely. You're right. You're right. I wanted to uh, mention, even though kids my age, I'm 17 now, um, they might not know some of your films, but you are a very familiar face to pretty much everybody my age because your role in Spider-Man 2001, I believe. I can't quote me on it. Um, I was just wondering if you could take us back to those days and what was it like getting into the Spider-Man kind of career. You're only 17? I'm 17, yeah. That's, yeah. My God. And I'm just chasing and chasing my dream. I want to host a talk show, but, uh, you know, it seems like everybody's trying to have a show and everybody's trying yeah. to do something. And, you know, there's there are people who want something and there are people who chase after something. And I, yeah. I, I just want to chase after this dream and learn what, about what, other people what do you really want to do Devin? i mean do you want to act direct or producer what well i mean i have dabbled in a little bit of acting and and i do like it i actually 
um, during COVID, I wrote my own screenplay as well. Um, Good for you. So, thank you. Um, it was a, a challenge because it was my first time writing it and dealing with uh, writer's block and uh, trying to figure out an ending for it. But, you know, yeah. I, I, I just take some time and forget about it, and then the ideas come to me. And Absolutely. I go back to it. Absolutely. When you drive in the car, all of a sudden you say, oh, yeah, I think we'll do that. I think I'll do that. You know, whatever. You know. Right. Do you have any memories of being on set with Sam Raimi and, um, oh, I'm trying to think. What's the other one? Willem Dafoe. Do you remember being? Oh, God, yeah. It was wonderful. It was wonderful working on board him. Absolutely. That was, that was a good scene I did, too, where I fire him. And the thing that was interesting is that the, um, the huge, that one of the majors, was a huge conference table. There were like 15 men around the, not 15, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe 12, 12 men. And the head of the table was Willem Dafoe. Yeah. And me, I was the head of the company. I forget what the hell the company was called now. And I was going to be, I was firing Willem Dafoe. And I had a speech to give it to him. And, you know, went on for quite a bit. And they had to get close ups of all the other actors that or listening to the speech. So I had to give that speech, I don't know, 15 times. The same speech over so that you get a close-up of him, get a close-up of him while I do the whole speech, get a close-up of him while I do the whole speech. This took, I don't know, about four or five hours. And finally, it was like two o'clock in the morning and the director, oh God, I can't remember his name now, damn it. Sam Raimi, I believe. Yes, Sam, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. I said, Sam, you know, I've been doing this same speech the same way for a long time now. I said, I have a strange feeling that this character has a little bit more humor in him. And I'd like to try something. He said, by all means, you know. And so I added a little bit of humor to it when I fired him. I really looked him right in the eye and I had kind of like a little smile in my eye, you know, like you fired your motherfucker. You know what I mean? That's, a, yeah. that's what I had in my mind. And the director, Sam, sat right down the, and watched me do it. After I finished it, he said, that's it. Terrific. Print. Print that one. But I on. my point being is that I, was, I wanted to add something a little, just a little different to it, you know, instead of doing it the same way over and over and over and over. And over. Right. He was willing to do that. He really was, you know, wonderful man to work with. It's just as Joel Schumacher was when I worked with him. And uh, uh, all, all I must say, I've never had any trouble with any directors that I've worked with. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to, if you get an idea and you want to suggest something, you know, none of them have ever given me any. Well, no, we can't do that. We can't. No, you know, this is only. Yeah. By, by the way, this is just uh, apple juice. <laughs> boring, boring. Did you have any other dreams? No, since I was Just ten acting. years old. Oh, since I was ten years old. Right. I, I got into a mother drove us to Miami, Florida. And our life was my life was in Miami, Florida, which was one of the most glamorous places in America. And I sang at a radio station. And I sang Green Eyes. And I sang it in Spanish, because Cuba was so close, you know. And I won first prize, $25. And at that time, when you did radio shows, the audience was in the studio. And they applauded like crazy. 
Right. I heard that applause. I said to myself, I like that a lot. But then my mother took me to see a movie called Wuthering Heights with Lawrence Olivier. Okay. That's, I'll never forget. And I saw that on the screen, I said to my mother, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. That, what that man is doing. Right. That's what I've been doing, baby. I'm so doing it. Absolutely. Do you, do you have a message or what is a piece of advice that you would give a young aspiring actor? Passion. You've got to have passion. You've got to want it more than anything in the world. Right. Anything. And I gave up a lot in my life. I gave up a lot because I said, yes, I want the mansion. Yes, I want the Maserati. Yes, I want the Academy Award. Yes, I, I want all of that. I wanted it when I was 12, and I still want it to this day. I haven't yeah. lost that at all. I still want that Lamborghini. I still want that mansion. You've got to have that kind of determination that you're willing to sacrifice anything for. But that, and that's a lot. You're married. It's like changing your name, eh? Pardon? You, almost, it's, you, you said you, you have to want it so bad that you'd do anything for it. And you, yeah. you, in a way, you did. Change your name, move to, move to Spain. That rhymes. And, well, I, 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 did, I gave up a lot. A lot yeah. of personal things in my life I gave up because I wanted that. Nothing was going to interfere with that. Selfish? Inconsiderate? Yeah, I still want it. I still right. want it. That's what you have to have. That's what right. you have to have. That passion, that determination. Don't take no for an answer. Just keep pushing forward. That's right. And then the last thing that I do during interviews is kind of give my guest the floor, give you the spotlight. Is there, I know you told me earlier that you were writing a, a screen, a screenplay, but um, is there anything else that you kind of want to promote or talk about? No, just that. I have, just a, that. I have a wonderful director and it's a wonderful script. It's a very au courant subject about a transgender and uh, it's a very, very powerful script and that's very, very powerful subject that's still in all the headlines now. I have a director who's really quite marvelous. And now if we can just get this goddamn pandemic thing over with and go down with our lives, you know what I mean? Exactly. But we do have, thank God, we do have the, um, you know, the new things that they're finding, which is wonderful. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>